The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert, the story, headline, the spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babbin of WebmasterRadio.fm, and I'm joined by my fabulous guest co-host, um, Meg Walker of PR Web. Welcome, Meg. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you. How is everything over in, uh, in Florida these days? Can I tell you, I, I for a while, I really thought I was living in Boston with palm trees. It was so cold. I know, which is horrible to say to someone in the Northeast. However, I'm going to insult everyone again. It is the most glorious, spectacular, I am so glad I live in Florida day. Oh, lovely. We actually have Florida-like weather here in Washington, D.C., and uh, it is quite warm. It's about, it was 93 degrees yesterday. We, oh, my God. We hit, so yes, we hit a couple of highs. And today, I'm not quite sure what it is, but it is definitely a warm one out. And uh, so, and you have sort of cherry a blossoms. of August to come. <laughs> exactly. And you've got, you've got cherry blossom season right now. We do, and unfortunately, when the weather gets this hot, this early, our cherry blossoms decide that it's time to fall off the trees and turn into lovely green trees, so they're sort of molting right now. We're halfway between cherry trees and and just regular leafy trees. They're... You know, it, 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 it's very sad, but at least you guys are getting some right, nice warm weather because you deserve it. Yes. Um, I, I was a little concerned that global warming was not happening back in the wintertime, and now I'm concerned that maybe it is happening in the spring. Yeah. So, so D.C. will be known as a sauna, I'm, I'm assuming. coming. <laughs> yes, it definitely will be. You know, but we have. I'm super excited because I'm very blessed to call her friend, as I am uh, to call you friend. And I, I, I think that this is probably one of the best PR strategies that you. It's all about relationships. Find yes, good people that you like, um, who obviously, if, if you like them, then most naturally they're going to have great products and services and be a wealth of knowledge. And, uh, and make them your friend. So I'm very blessed because Meg Walker is my friend and one of my dearest friends is actually on the line with us right now. Uh, Dana Todd, she's a CMO for News Force. Um, you know, and it's so cute because I'm reading her bio. And it says she's more than just pretty hair color. Um, <laughs> personal brand aside, she's driven value for hundreds of companies since 1996, helping them find wisdom and success in interactive marketing. Dana has an illustrious career in online marketing and search marketing, first leading San Diego, which she, which she resides in, interactive agencies, uh, Ben Logic and Sight Lab, then founding Sempo. 
and it's training our Sempo Institute. So Sempo is actually um, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's horrible. It just went right off the top of my head. It's a distance learning university. A distance learning university, and and, and Sempo is really an organization to support. Um, really create some standard ethics for the search engine marketing industry, which I think is extremely important. And she most recently uh, launching a startup called Newsforce that redefines how companies think of advertorial and sponsored content. Dana is also a favorite speaker at Search Engine Strategies AdTech. She also serves on their advisory board, OMS, SMX, OMA, and other industry conferences and is frequently sought by the financial press, such as Wall Street Journal, Newsday, CNET, CNN Money, Webmaster Radio, an analyst for Trend Insights about search marketing and internet market and internet advertising, uh, BioLinks, Madison Avenue Journal, Interview, LinkedIn. Welcome, Dana. Thank you. That was a mouthful. I'm going to shorten my bio now. <laughs> but there's nothing <laughs> to, to cut out. The interview. <laughs> there's, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing to cut out. So, Lena, let me ask you a question because you you are you know, albeit extremely young woman, you know, as far as the industry goes, you are a true veteran. It's true. I cut my teeth on this stuff. Yeah. I, I remember before there was Flash, man. Wow. I remember the first banner ads ever on Playboy.com. <gasps> really? Yeah. And so, I'm that old. That's why I had to color my hair. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Dana's like one of the only... So, so I was those? 12 making banner ads. <laughs> Child prodigy. See what I'm saying? So is, you know, Meg's 11. Um, <laughs> but PR Web knows how to pick them young. So, but, you know, all right, so... You, you sent me back with a Playboy statement. That was great. Um, Sorry. No, no, it's all good. It's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. I mean, the internet was, was very, very naked was, back then. <laughs> so, was this Playboy advertising on other sites, or was there advertise, or were there advertisements on Playboy? And really, was anybody reading them? Uh, there the were articles. Both. <laughs> um, and actually, yeah. my agency at the time, Dan Logic bought a banner ad on playboy.com for a, a dating property called flirt.com and yes people clicked it because there were only like seven banner ads on the whole internet and it actually we got so much traffic off that thing that it crashed the database and sort of destroyed the entire site we had to rebuild it yeah. it was that nutty back then there really was very little um, noise as far as advertising and people were sort of thrilled to see a banner ad and particularly one that was about flirting so yeah, which is great. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, in the early years, it really was a lot of the adult companies that created the technologies that we utilize and take for granted today. Yep. You know, which is which is great. And, and sort of segues us into, all right, so let's, you know what, let's use this inappropriate, potentially, <laughs> <laughs> case study. How would quickly get over the news from porn? No, but you know what, but it does go back. I think we can, I think we can reel this back into, um, into news. So you take someone like the adult industry that, you know, when people thought about an industry crashing, you always thought that adult had an insurance policy. That's true. Okay. And now they're not exactly the healthiest industry out there. Yeah, that's for sure. They, they've definitely taken more than a few on the chin. Um, and, and news is sort of reinventing itself as well. Remember that it's not just news, what we think of the stuffy masthead, but there's new mm-hmm. vertical news. You know, there are a lot of pure plays coming out of that that are 
frankly, there were 40,000 journalists laid off just last mm-hmm. year alone. And those people are not, you know, going into insurance sales. They're, right. they're going out and creating their own properties. They're, they're trying to find ways to continue their livelihood as journalists and as community influencers. Exactly. So I think, you know, sort of let's, let's taking the adult, you know, sort of angle, you know, they started, people started to create these tube sites and people created their own um, videos, let's say, and sort of say, <laughs> so that, you know, I think the mindset was to an extent, not that this is like the whole issue with the adult industry, but why pay for something when you can get it for free? Ah, yes, that's true. There's, there's a lot of free porn, there's a lot of free news out there, and it's certainly muddying the waters for everything. Um, and the, the, the issue of paywalls are very timely right now. There's just an insane amount of discussion around it because Rupert Murdoch has said, you know, we're putting up the paywalls. We're going to charge. We're going to, you know, have some standards. We're going to stop whoring ourselves out to the Google traffic. Um, and there's a, a lot of naysayers, a ton, probably more naysayers against that methodology than, than supporters of it. Uh, I don't know that we've seen the answer to it. I, I think Murdoch, fortunately, has the pockets mm-hmm. to the deep pockets to make this an experiment and allow it to fail, succeed, or, or evolve. Hopefully, evolve to something in between. I think they're actually doing it. I love that they're doing that. I love that someone's putting a, a stick in the gra- a stake in the ground and saying, you know, no, you're not going to have everything for free because you know, users users will take everything you give them for free. Amen. Everything. Amen. But let me ask you a question. Did, what didn't didn't the New York Times go paid for a while online? They did. They did, and then I, they pulled it back down again. So I think periodically, some of their stuff actually still is under paywall. They've actually gone to a hybrid model, which I think is interesting. If you kind of can find the sweet spot, what people are willing to pay for, like they can't live without. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It is great. On the back end, you know, I'm not making, this is a brandy supposition. If the if the pay didn't work, what it did allow them to do was capture potentially a lot of email addresses that it wouldn't have gotten without that paywall in front of it. True. Allowing them to, once again, utilize something that will allow them to remarket it and, and ca- you know, capitalize more on the content they have. Well, absolutely. You know, and there's, there's, that's not the only way of making money. It's just the easiest uh, way of making money. I mean, frankly, when you start running the numbers and you look at the amount of page views and monetizable page views mm-hmm. that most news sites have, particularly regional sites, which really don't get, you know, in the millions, it, it gets harder and harder to justify an advertising-only monetization. I, you know, it, from a business model perspective, that barely pays the rent, let alone staff, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So where is... Well, I'm sorry, Meg. Sorry. It was interesting in, in the information you set, sent about the Pew uh, Internet Project. You do me- mention that there's significant declines in the online advertising space, and it's really the first time since 2002. Do you think that's a big part of what's driving this potential for moving towards a pay model? Well, and that there was, that's a huge study, by the way. That's the, the Pew Internet Project. Uh, they, they're doing their sort of annual state of online news, uh, which is an incredibly deep report. So there's a lot of sort of good news in there, a lot of bad news in there. Um, the good news that we heard is that actually people are going online 
And by the way, they are still reading paper. So it, it's not, there's a generational gap, yeah. But there are, people are, are actually consuming more news now than they ever did in, their, in you know, the previous couple of decades. They're getting it from multiple sources. Uh, some of the interesting things is that we found out, and this was referenced um, again recently by uh, one of the, the, the speakers that we had at uh, Search Engine Strategy, from uh, ABC News was talking about the fact that 65% of the people they interviewed said that they don't have a single favorite website for news. So what's happening is that there's this disintermediation of the news brands, which ultimately can impact what we normally think of as traffic. So when you ask someone, what do you read, they may not even be comprehending what they read because they're just going there directly from news results or from a link somewhere else that they saw because as you notice as you surf around in the news space now everybody's linking out to everybody else mm-hmm. it's big blendiness that's going on so i'm not sure that we have a clear understanding even with this survey of how this whole thing's going to be playing out because right now i think it's very messy very muddy well, and then you also have, my goodness, you know, you've got the whole play with the citizen journalism. A lot of times people are looking not to, you know, you've got people who I, I would think, you know, absolutely go to their heritage brands from a news perspective. Then there's other people that say, I want to talk to other like-minded people who may not be experts, but they're passionate. And I think they're coming from a place of um, they're not gaining anything. They don't have a job to keep. Right. That's true. Right, and, and so there's, I th- I think that there's a lot of confusion out there about a what is newsworthy, b what people's personal agendas are or corporate agendas are, and 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 how to how to align those properly and especially be able to disseminate them in such a way that like the consumer, whether that's the business consumer or you know. Um, you know, a retiree, let's say in Oklahoma, knows how legitimate the source is. Well, and I think you bring up a very important sort of topic for news. And one of the things, and, and sort of going back to, okay, so news doesn't have massive traffic. They're not Google.com, they're not Yahoo.com, or they're not even Yahoo News, frankly. If you look at the, the massive traffic that goes through the aggregators versus the individual properties, there's a phenomenal gap there. So how do they make themselves attractive to advertisers, not just in banner ads like we think of it, but how, how do they create value for themselves? How do they create new business models around what they do have? So if you look at the opportunities from content perspective where news could really dominate, it's what you just said. They are trusted vehicles. They are trusted. That's a really powerful thing, and it sort of aligns with all the mystery of brand, but that trust is very unique to news, and it's very unique to some of the legacy um, news brands and masthead brands that we know and love, but it's also some of the cooler pure plays that have a reputation for fact-checking, things like that. So that trust is number one, and that is something very unique that they have that they don't really leverage very well. Number two is that they've got that breaking news opportunity. So, and going back to the session that we did on real-time SEO, there is a brand spanking new science of SEO in real-time search, and particularly as it pertains to news search. So real-time and news search are sort of getting very blundy there because you've got the alignment between Twitter, Twitter, oh boy, talk about porn, Twitter, <laughs> and, 
And some of the real-time SEO vehicles and the real-time search vehicles, news is breaking. So they have this awesome opportunity to capture that breaking news. Mm -hmm. And some of the organizations have invested in brand new scientists in this. Um, I think we're, it's, we're at a very nascent stage right now because even Google is tweaking constantly how it deals with real-time search. So is Bing. But this is brand new. The other thing that they could do well is maybe leverage a lot of their evergreen content. News has this tendency to still think of yesterday's news as stuff you put in the archives or trash or what have you. And sometimes they lock it behind a paywall, which doesn't give it any search value. Mm -hmm. I would urge them to reverse it. Charge for real-time news, but make your archives accessible to right. search Something because that's, that's a massive, massive search net for you. Right, and it's meat. Oh, yeah, totally. So to speak. It, you know, and, and it's funny that you mentioned the, you know, the whole, because when I was interviewed at SES, you know, they said the two things that you thought were the hottest, and I said universal and real time. So I agree. And speaking about being in real time, we really need to take a quick break, pay a little homage to our fabulous advertisers, and uh, you know what? We will delve deeper. I think when we get back, let's discuss a little bit of uh, the various ways one can monetize news. We'll be right back after this break. Sit tight and don't move. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prwebauthor.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online release news and content distribution service. Watch your shopping cart overflow because you found the e-com experts. Ecom Experts, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
it's time again for the event for digital marketing to return to the city by the bay. AdTech San Francisco 2010 is back April 19th through the 21st. Register now at ad-tech.com. AdTech San Francisco 2010 features three keynote presentations and over 100 speakers from brands like Levi Strauss, Kraft, eMarketer, Razorfish, Publicis, Starcom MediaVest, and more. Add the Marketing Master Series, Bruce Clay SEO Training, and Incredible Networking, and you have AdTech San Francisco 2010, April 19th through the 21st from the fabulous Moscone Center. Register now at ad-tech.com. That's ad-tech.com. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hi there, and welcome back to uh, Cover Story on Webmaster Radio. We are here today live with uh, Dana Todd, and we, right before the break, we're talking a little bit about real-time SEO and monetizing news. So you you did a really nice presentation uh, at uh, SES about real-time SEO, and you've touched a little bit on uh, both the combination of real-time news as, also, as well as the value of archive news. Could you talk a little bit more about what it means to do SEO for the real-time news scenario? Well, absolutely. Um, and when I was moderating at SCS, I, I was privileged to have on the panel Simon Hazeltine, who's from AOL, as you know, AOL News, um, Eleanor Hong, who coordinates all the SEO for abcnews.com and ABC News Digital, and Topher Cohan, who's a, a, a very well-known SEO guru for CNN. And, wow, I have to tell you, it's very impressive when you look at what they're doing to try to capture this space. So, I, you know, could I rattle off 20 things? Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that came out in, uh, in their presentations. But the thing that struck me the most that I really liked is the way, um, as a framework, the way AOL put it. And Simon talked about the fact that there are things that you can plan in terms of real-time SEO. Like, you know March Madness is coming up, right? You know tax season's coming out. There are certain things that you can plan for ahead of time that are news and will create a new spike, but you're going to know about them ahead of time. There's also what they call templated events. You pretty much know all the celebrities are going to die under or have an affair, right? So you can actually create templated events that you could flip on pretty quickly to capture that when it does break. But most news stories, as they identified, are what they call unplanned events. So Creating awareness around unplanned events is where uh, the bulk of their work comes into play. And this is where um, the Topher jumped in with some of the cool things that they do. There's a lot of cross-linking that you can do within various properties. AOL does this very well. Um, making sure that your reporters are actually using keywords in their, uh, in their articles. One of the things that Topher talked about I thought was kind of nifty is at CNN, there will often be, once you're on the website, like the, the front page or any of the index pages, they have the cool, sexy headlines that don't necessarily have a keyword in them. But that is a different headline than the headline you get on the page itself. The headline mm. of the article is, and all the title tags and everything, is very search-friendly. So they actually create multiple tags or multiple titles and headlines for each of these stories. One to display on the site to get people 
people to surf around and click it, and two, to make sure that they can capture some of that real-time search. And then there's a lot of very supportive linking that they do um, just to make sure it keeps getting recycled. Video is also a big, big uh, winner in terms of real-time SEO, particularly for any breaking news. If you can optimize the heck out of your video, that's another major advantage right now for news sites who are jumping into this. So let me ask you a question from like a video perspective. What are some of the best techniques for people to optimize video? And is time a consideration, you know, the length of a video? Well, shorter is always better just for people, people like that. Um, you can also take a longer piece and break it up into multiples. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think of that as being a, a broader net. If, if you're not hosting the site, uh, the videos yourself, um, you can definitely put them in YouTube because Doug Google owns YouTube, uh, and you but and you can do some optimization right there in YouTube. The name of the title and the, the description, any of the tags as well, you can actually optimize directly in YouTube. If you're going to put them on your website, one of the things that um, ABC News talked about was the fact that they've made the move from hosting their videos inside a player, like a little pop-out player. Like a lot of the, mm-hmm. you'll see a lot of the traditional news still uses those pop-out players. That's not very search friendly. So they're actually putting theirs into an XML feed now and hosting them within beautifully optimized HTML pages that have keywords, et cetera, on them. Right, because if you're going to, if you're, if you're looking to employ things that are going to optimize and capture as many eyeballs, so to speak, as possible, you, you, might, you might as well optimize, optimize, optimize. If you're choosing this route, maximize it. Absolutely. And Topher talked a lot, too, about microformats, which are fairly advanced, but they've been around for a while, and there's getting to be more and more support. Uh, Yahoo actually has a group called SearchMonkey, which mm-hmm. is attempting to create a standard around this. You know how we kind of all have got Google and Yahoo to agree on a standardized sitemap? Well, now the, the trend is to try to get everybody to agree on a set of open source RDFA, and I have no idea what that means, but <laughs> um, microformats. So think of these as standardized tags, like right now. Can I interrupt in you for people that sure. don't? Could, could you explain micro for people? Micro. So you can think of your all the content on your website could be what they call atomized, meaning broken into chunks. So all your pictures are one thing, all your text is another mm-hmm. thing, all of your recipes, videos, you name it, little chunks of usable content can be little objects in a database and then fed out through XML into other types of vehicles. Now, making sure that they are tagged appropriately for consumption by search engines is something you can do within XML um, for, um, to, to feed out for RSS. But you can also, there's a, a growing trend to create these microformats. And I'm probably, because I'm, I'm not a technical person, I'm probably going to describe it wrong. But when you think of HTML, if you're even a vague coder out there, you've probably seen things like the bold tag or... Um, or a break tag. That's a standardized way of making HTML pages. Um, once upon a time, by the way, you did a, a, a break tag as a, as a P. So everybody ultimately kind of pushed toward having BR as your tag. And that just gets everybody to standardize the way they code and describe content, whatever that content may be. News has a particular um, liking of microformats that describe other kinds of content, like this is a video, this is a computation, 
You know, this is last year's sports scores. This is, you know, the weather for the last 10 years in San Diego. You know, th- that kinds of information mm-hmm. allow the search engines to do more interesting things with it besides just plunk it up there into standard search results. Interesting. So is that, is that unique to, um, excuse me, is that unique to news or is that going to be applicable for folks that are optimizing standard websites that also include other types of content beyond news? It's both, and not to get super geeky here, but when you when you look at what a lot of the uber cool companies out there are doing in semantic, they're actually creating, they're mashing up different kinds of information. So going back to that, well, there's a company called Wolfram Alpha that's super sexy right now up in Silicon Valley. So if you go back to that San Diego weather thing, so how could... For example, our own local Union Tribune here in San Diego, how could they create something more interesting than your average website about San Diego news? Well, they can pull in the weather stream from one website. They could pull in traffic accident information from another site and then put on their homepage, you know, don't drive today. Here's your likelihood of getting into an accident because it's sprinkling and no one in San Diego knows how to drive. Right. I just yeah, understand well, they, your audience. I think they're all moving to Washington D.C. these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't know how to drive. So, here so that's where it gets super, super interesting. And all these mm-hmm. microformats are enabler tags. Think of it that way. Yeah, which is that, yeah. I think I think you actually made it easy. What do you think, Meg? Did she make it easy? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm sitting here thinking, hmm, how could I leverage that in my own site? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that you've are look at you, Miss Dana. You've already well, impressed. For PCR web, you could do so. You could pull in um, <laughs> some of your data that you've already got about how people, you know, where people got pickups. Um, you could also look at the volume of news going out today and anything competing, and actually put an indicator of what are your chances of getting read by a journalist today. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, we also have to do the Vulcan mind meld with the entire um, population of journalists, hopefully, to uh, to be able to provide really good, solid information on that. Um, I understand we're actually running a little short on time, and I know that we definitely want to touch on ad tech and what's going on there. So give us the lowdown. Oh, ad tech. There, this year is going to be the best year ever. I know we probably say that all the time, and I'm a little biased because I'm on their advisory board. Um, but we've really done some incredibly new things this year, um, and, and I think just this whole year, you, you don't want to miss a single one because there's an innovation alley, there's cool parties, of course. That's why everybody goes. But ad tech is very much the place to do business, so you'll definitely want to be in attendance to that. There's going to be uh, the chairman's reception. It's coming up the first night. It's April 19th through the 23rd, I believe, is the... 21st. 19th to the 21st. Perfect. In San Francisco at Moscone, as usual. Um, And there's just going to be some really fun things. The Innovation Alley is going to be awesome. That's new on the expo floor. And there's also going to be an app exchange. So... You know, whether you go to the conference or the expo or both, I think you're going to find some very new conversations happening this year. Absolutely. And one thing I always say to people, do your research before you go to the conferences. So if you're going for the education, you got a roadmap for the shows, you know, the the educational sessions you want to go to. If you want to hit down, you know, uh, Innovation Alley. Like, research the companies, get the meetings set up so you're nice and organized because it's very easy to get oversensitized at a conference. 
That's true. And, and last time there were 10,000 people through the expo, so it would right? be definitely buzzing. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, Dana, this is what we need to do, because what News Force is doing is really, really innovative. Speaking about, you know, thank you. Um, maximizing news content, and there's a whole large conversation that I really thought we would start to have today. Um, but yet, you're full of so much awesome information and always willing to give. We didn't get to you, which getting to you would be also helping our listeners. So I'm going to ask you to come back for um, a part two. I'd love that. That'd and, be great. And we will focus, darling. Only. Well, focus, focus. Yeah, you. there's so many cool new monetization things that, that there's like a whole pile of things that news can use that, that's different from everybody else. Well, exactly. And at the end of the day, you know, it, it, there is a ton of monetization and, you know, we're, we're doing funky, th- of course, I have to plug in a sh- shameless plug for me. We've got, you know, distributeyourarticles.com and, you know, hopefully a lot of the people that have lost their positions, right? Like, our, mm-hmm. you know, ours is very different from you, have the opportunity to distribute their articles, you know, to quote unquote news sites and get picked up, and then you monetize, you know, you take them to the next level from a monetization standpoint. It's a it's a good one two punch. Totally, article marketing is the PPC is is the PPC of uh, organic of news. Yeah, of right. PR, I guess. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. So, so everyone, if you are already not doing business with News Force. Head on over to newsforce.com. Dana Todd is always an amazing contribution to the industry. I'm sure if you hit her up and ask her very nicely, uh, she'll answer any questions you may have. Uh, If you're at ad tech, she is extremely easy to find because she does have lovely, it's not Auburn, it's not chestnut, it is red hair on a very elegant corporate looking lady. So, um, we call it cherry bomb. Cherry bomb. She's a cherry bomb lady. Don't fitting. Yeah, yeah. Don't walk up and say that to her because she'll likely. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I have to say, you're very approachable and always looking to contribute to the industry. As is Meg Walker of PR Web. If you're not already using PR Web, well, then you're just plain silly. So that's my nuggets for the day, people. We look forward to hearing, uh, having you guys back next week. And Dana, thanks again for your awesome contribution. Thank you. Yeah. And Maggie, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. And you too. Absolutely. It was great to hear from you, Dana, because I was sitting here taking a great deal of notes. Yeah. I have pages worth. <laughs> yeah, can you, can so you, thanks. can you like put them in an email to me too? You bet. Yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> I love it. It's called, let's do a radio show, but it's really education just for you and me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. That's what Webmaster Radio is about. That's what Cover Story is about, giving you guys awesome, actionable information from the people that are making things happen today in the business world. And that would be our Dana Todd and, of course, Med Walker. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babbitt of Webmaster Radio. Have a fantabulous day. Thank you.